Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this is episode 36. Now, as we begin this episode, I want to ask you, is there anything truly more transformative than birth, than being reborn as a mother for the first, second, or maybe sixth time? For so many, birth is a catalyst into the next phase of life, not only on the maternal front, but also on the passion and career front. And this is exactly what happened to Stephanie in today's interview. After experiencing her own birth with midwives, she was set on fire with a passion for women and babies. She became a Lamaze instructor, a midwife's assistant, and a doula. How amazing is that? And then after all of those experiences, she decided to have a home birth with her second child. And that story is crazy. It's so interesting to compare her first and second birth. So I cannot wait to get into that interview with you. Before that, I would like to thank our reviewer of the week, which was XXXXLM59, who said, I'm so glad I found this show. I'm pregnant with my first baby and planning a home birth. It's a very different idea for most of my friends and family, so I've gotten some criticism for my choice. This podcast has been an amazing source of empowering stories and helpful information that has helped me maintain a positive headspace as I prepare for my home birth. I love the variety of the guests Caitlin has brought on so far and appreciate how delicately she handles sensitive topics. Thank you for everything you are doing, and I can't wait to keep listening as more episodes come out. Thank you so much. That means the world to me. If you will email me at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I will send you a Happy Home Birth Podcast sticker. If you guys don't mind heading over to iTunes and leaving a review, it means the world to me. And it also is such a beneficial way to get the show seen by more people. So thank you so much for considering that. I also would love for you to take a screenshot real quick while you're at it and add it to your Instagram page. And I will certainly share it on my stories as well. Another really exciting thing. If you guys remember uh, back in May, there was an interview with Madeline Murray, who is the founder of Believe in Midwifery. She's amazing. And we actually talk about her again on this podcast episode, which is super serendipitous because Madeline and I are doing a giveaway this week and it wasn't even planned. That's just amazing. So we are doing a giveaway for a Believe in Midwifery t-shirt, and that is going to be on Tuesday of this week through Thursday. So that is going to be the 6th through the 8th, Thursday at midnight. Um, And if you will just head to my Instagram page on Tuesday morning, you'll get the full details of how to go about getting ready for that and getting entered into uh, the drawing to get an awesome Believe in Midwifery t-shirt. The other super exciting thing that's going on this week for me is that I am beginning the Glow Body PT uh, 12-week post-pregnancy workout plan. Now, if you guys didn't hear episode 34 with Ashley Keller, go back and listen to that one really quickly. It is such a great episode, and we talk about her post-pregnancy workout plan, which is what I will be starting 
today if you're listening on Monday. And I can't wait to share results with you um, and how this all progresses. But the thing that's so amazing about uh, her workout plan is that it is absolutely safe for post-pregnancy and it is in fact designed for it. So if you're interested in doing this program with me, or if you are ready to go ahead and start, whether you're doing it now, or if you're still pregnant, but planning, um, please go to globebodypt.com, click on her post-pregnancy plan. And Ashley has given us a promo code for happy home birth listeners, which is amazing. You get $15 off and it's home birth one five, all lowercase home birth, one word, one five. Um, so I can't wait to hear your results. If you've decided to do it, that promo code and information will also be put on my Instagram. I'm going to put it on my stories so that you can click it in the highlights. Um, but I'm super excited. Can't wait to share my results with you. And now let's go ahead and head over to the interview. Please remember that the opinions of my guest might not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. Also, neither one of us are medical experts. So please continue to see your doctor or if you are like me, your chiropractor. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to hear your stories. If you wouldn't mind, would you just start off by introducing yourself to the listeners? Sure. Uh, so my name is Stephanie. Um, I'm a New York native, but I've been living uh, outside of Metro Atlanta for about four years now. Um, I've been married to my husband for almost six years, and we have two daughters, um, a three and a half year old and a seven month old. And we have a lab mix uh, dog. He's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um I work as a doula and assistant midwife and a Lamaze educator. Oh, very nice. You've got the whole gamut there of, of support for, for moms. Yes. Lots going on. Very cool. Awesome. Well, so I know that with your first birth, you had a hospital based midwife. Uh, that's the, the care route that you went. I'd love to hear how you settled on that and what that experience was like for you. Yeah. It's actually kind of a funny story. So the week that my husband transferred jobs and we moved to Atlanta, um, I actually found out I was pregnant that week that we moved. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So we got down here and I did not know a single person. Um, I had no one to ask for recommendations. Um, there's like 10 hospitals in like a 10 mile radius. And each of those hospitals has like seven or eight practices at them. There's just so much to choose from. Um, and in New York, I knew exactly where I had wanted to birth, but now we were down here and I was completely just, I had no idea where to turn. So I did a ton of research, um, asked in a bunch of online mom groups and came across one specific midwifery group, um, that delivered, uh, that, that, you know, uh, worked out of the Metro Atlanta area. And that's kind of how I picked them. They had like a meet the midwives night and I went to that. Um, and I felt really good about the midwives that worked there. So that's kind of how I decided to go with that practice. Um, it was kind of just really, you know, out of left field. I just didn't, you know, I just kind of had to make a choice and, um, you know, thankfully it ended up being a good one. Oh, good. <laughs> so is this a, is it a, like they have a certain wing kind of in the hospital or do they just have 
privileges in the hospital where their practice is located or is it like a birthing center? Like what's the setup? Yeah. So they just have privileges in one specific hospital. Um, so it's just like a main L and D area in that hospital where like everyone from all the practices would go and then they just have privileges there as well. Okay. Very cool. Neat. Okay. So how, how was that? What was your prenatal experience like? You know, it was pretty good. I didn't have really anything to judge it off of because um, I had never been pregnant or, or gone through that before. Um, and I didn't really have many friends at the time that had gone through that either. So I didn't have, um, you know, much basis of judgment. But, um, you know, I thought it went really well. The midwives were very kind. They always listened to my concerns. Um, they called me back in a pretty timely manner if I um, had any questions I remember one time I was concerned about um, my daughter's movement because she, you know, kicked like twice a day. It was, she never moved. It was terrible. Um, and they got me in right away to, you know, do a non-stress test and make sure she looked good. Um, you know, the appointments weren't terribly long, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, but the midwives were really nice. Um, you know, I was not a doula at this time and they were actually the ones that really pushed me to get a doula for this birth. Um, you know, they were like, you want to go unmedicated? You know, we really think that you should hire a doula. We think it would be really beneficial for you. So that's kind of how I ended up finding a doula for that birth. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I I love the idea of moms having doulas for every birth, but particularly those first-time moms. It is so incredibly helpful to have someone who has experienced birth before. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I mean, she was amazing. I, I, you know, I don't think I could have done it without her. Oh, that's wonderful. So that's great. That sounds like you had a really good uh, prenatal experience. Did you, I know that you said you're a childbirth educator now, did you do a childbirth education course during that first pregnancy? I did not. No. <laughs> Interesting. That. I know. I know. Um, you know, and I wish I had in hindsight, there were definitely some things that came up, um, you know, throughout the labor process that I wish I had had more information on at the time. So that's definitely something that I wish, you know, in hindsight that I would have taken a birth class. Right. But you, and you had the doula. So luckily did. that was good. It wasn't like you were just like, you know, coming out of nowhere, didn't have anybody to support you. You were totally supported in that way. That's great. Right. Exactly. So cool. So how did that birth unfold? So I went into labor. Uh, I was 41 weeks and three days. So a little past my due date, but pretty average for a first time mom being a little late there. And yep, you hear that, ladies? That is an average time. That is a four. normal time to have a baby. 41 <laughs> and three. First time moms. Exactly. Um so I have a family history of precipitous birth. Um, my mom had two very quick births. My aunt, my grandma, they've all had very quick births when they go into labor. So I had that in mind, but I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't 100% sure that that was going to be my experience, thankfully, because that was not my experience. Um <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, the day that I went into labor, I actually, uh, had a, a midwifery appointment that morning and 
Um, I asked if they could check my cervix. I hadn't had a cervical check up to that point, and I was just curious, and I kind of wanted to know what was going on. So they did, and I was like three to four centimeters and like 50% of face. And the midwife was like, listen, if you want me to strip your membranes, I can do that. It might kick things into gear. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. Let's do this. Um, So we did that. And again, in hindsight, I probably wouldn't do that again. But at the time, I felt pretty good about that choice. Um, And then that night I went into labor. Um, I was watching The Wiz on TV. Um, (laughs) I love hearing what everybody's watching when when these things happen. (laughs) I was, my husband had gone to bed. He was totally not into it. I was like getting into like ease on down the road and like dancing and stuff. Um, So good. And I was annoyed because I was cramping and I was like, great. Now on top of being like a hundred years pregnant, I'm also cramping (laughs) And then like an hour later, I was like, wait, maybe these are contractions that I'm having. I was like, I'm not sure. Um, So then they got after that, after I kind of decided that this is probably labor, they got pretty intense pretty quick. Um, So I called my doula and I called the midwives and they were like, all right, you know, you've probably got time. Just, you know, stay home a little bit longer. Call us back in an hour. Um, but things felt pretty intense to me. I was really struggling. You know, I couldn't talk, couldn't walk, was having trouble breathing. Um, so I decided to head into the hospital. And when I got there um, and they checked me, I was the same as I had been in the office that morning. And I was so bummed out. I was still like three, four centimeters. Um, and kind of throughout that process, um, you know, baby ended up being posterior. So I had a lot of back labor. Um, and we were kind of doing all the things to try and encourage her to rotate. Um, and she did prior to birth, but, um, you know, it was kind of slow goings and things were very intense for me. Uh, the only thing that really helped was being in the water. Thankfully this practice, um, you know, has birth tubs and they do Mm. water labor and water birth as well. So that was really nice. Um, I was in the shower. Yeah. I was in the shower almost the entire time. And then, uh, you know, finally they were like, okay, we think you're far enough along to get in the birth tub. And I hung out there for a while. Um, and then I had been in there for a long time and I was really just struggling. And so, um, I got out and I was still about the same. I mean, I was all in all, I ended up being like eight centimeters for about eight hours. Um, Yeah. So it was hard because the first time they told me I was eight centimeters, I was like, Oh, I'm so close. I'm almost there. And then eight hours later, it was like, what, how can I still be eight centimeters? Um, so I ended up getting a dose of fentanyl at that point and I slept for a little bit. Um, and then when I woke back up, I was, I had an anterior cervical lip at that point. Um, so they were like, well, you know, we could start. And my daughter was still very, very high at this point, like negative two station, like super high up. Um, and at the time I didn't really mean much to me, but now as a doula, I would be like, oh my gosh, yikes. It's going to be a long one. All right. I'm like, Ugh. um, you know, and we tried to labor down, but she didn't really come down. You know, we waited and waited and waited and that, that lip wouldn't go away and she wouldn't come down. So finally they were like, all right, well, let's try pushing and see what happens. Um, so we did, uh, you know, we did a hundred thousand different positions. You know, we changed positions every three or four pushes and all in all, I think I pushed for like two and a half hours. So not, I mean, it was long, but not 
absurdly long, not like yeah. a significantly long time. Um, and then my daughter was born, uh, you know, we had her and it was, it was amazing. Um, I remember I had this whole nice birth plan about delayed cord clamping and everything. Um, but my cord was really short. So she was on my chest. And after a few minutes, I was like, I want her, you know, cut the cord. And the midwife was like, Oh no, no. She <laughs> was like, it's still pulsing. There's still blood in there. We're not going to do that. She's like, you want to do clamping? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, which again, in hindsight, I'm so happy that she did that. Um, but when I look back on my birth in hindsight, I'm just so grateful for my doula and for those midwives, because uh, working as a doula the past three years, um, I know that there have been a bunch of practices that I probably would have ended up with a cesarean birth in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just I just know that probably there was only a handful of hospital based practices that would have been as patient with me um, as these midwives were and not, you know, called a failure to progress or failure oh, to definitely. descend or, you know, whatever it is that they call these things. Um, so I'm really, really grateful for this group of midwives and for, you know, being patient and, you know, kind of just letting me do my thing and let, letting my body work and, um, you know, convincing me to push in different positions when I told them that there was no physical way I could move. <laughs> um, and they were like, Oh no, you're, you're going to move. Let's do this. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, okay. So all in all, how long was that labor? It was 24 hours from yeah. start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the labor pattern, like knowing what you know now, did you have any of those kind of, like, I know with my baby, she was in a really odd position too, and also high up. And the pattern was really weird because like my early labor was very intense, like super intense. And then like, it kind of like fizzled and faded away. And then it got like really intense again. Like, was that what yours was like, or was it pretty consistent? It was pretty consistently very intense from the beginning, but I was feeling a lot of like, uh, premature pressure because of her position. So, you know, for a lot of the time I thought that I was a lot farther along than I really was. Um, but yeah, I had a, you know, the contraction pattern, they were pretty consistent, but, um, you know, I had that really excruciating back labor, um, which was just, I mean, I would not wish that on anyone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's no fun. Um, Yeah. No wonder you stayed in the shower and the tub a lot. (laughs) Which is funny. Funny. You mentioned the shower. Like I, when you were saying that I was thinking, man, if I had like endless hot water, I think I would prefer to be in the shower my entire labor, even over maybe the, the birthing pool. Like I love being in the shower. Yeah. Like awesome. having, having that water hit your back is, was just so amazing. So a funny story, when I was in the shower at the hospital, I didn't want anyone in there with me. I didn't want my doula, I didn't want my husband. I just wanted to be in there on my own. Um, so I was kind of hanging out in the shower and after a while, I kind of saw my doula poke her head in and she was like, Hey, um, she was like, I'm not really sure what's going on, but I think you're flooding the bathroom. (laughs) So my, my ball was, my birth ball was sitting on top of the drain and I hadn't (laughs) realized it. And there was water like coming out of the bathroom into the labor room, like water, like I had completely flooded the entire bathroom out into the birth room. Um, yeah, I know. I was like, oh, sorry. Sorry about it. <laughs> Not my house. <laughs> no, right. It's now it's something I always like look out for. If I have a client in the shower, I'm like, all right, let's make sure the ball does not cover the drain completely this time. <laughs> that is really great. Good tip. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
Well, so what was your postpartum experience like with that birth? Um, you know, I had, I had some tearing, not terrible, but I did tear a little bit. Um, so that was pretty sore. Um, you know, thankfully I stayed, I tried to get out of the hospital as early as I I could. So I stayed just under 24 hours, um, before I convinced them to discharge me. Um, and then I went home and thankfully my husband, we were lucky enough that he could take a few weeks off of work. So he was able to kind of, uh, take care of me and, you know, make meals and help with the baby so I could get some rest. Um, you know, like I said, we're not from this area, so we had no family here and we didn't really know anyone. So we were kind of on our own. Um, so thankfully he was able to do that. And then as far as the midwives go, they were great. I mean, I had a two week and a six week postpartum, um, and they helped me with some breastfeeding struggles that I was having and, um, you know, they did an Edinburgh scale at six weeks to make sure that, you know, um, to kind of check for postpartum depression. And they asked a bunch of questions about that. So, um, it wasn't super extensive care from them in the postpartum period, but I think it was probably more than a lot of women get from their providers. Sure. Absolutely. And did you, did you struggle with any like postpartum issues or was it pretty smooth sailing? It wasn't too bad. I mean, I definitely got some of those baby blues where I would just be crying for no reason. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that, that kind of just initial hormone drop postpartum stuff. Um, but after that, thankfully I didn't really have too many struggles, a little bit of anxiety, but other than that, um, nothing too bad. Yeah. That postpartum anxiety can be rough. That's what I, I didn't really experience the postpartum depression so much, but the anxiety was really intense. And I was reading recently something about that, about how, you know, we do, we've, we've started putting a lot of emphasis on postpartum depression, which is phenomenal, but postpartum anxiety is actually even higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can absolutely see that because I felt the same way. Definitely not so much the depression, but more of the anxiety kind of coming through. Yeah. Well, so, okay. That was in 2015. Is that right? Yes. 2015. Okay. And then you had your next baby. When was that? I had my second daughter in August of 2018. Okay. Okay. So, and this one, you had a home birth, right? I did. Yes. Awesome. So tell me what, what changed, what changed between that, that first birth that went relatively well. And then the second to where you were like, you know what, I'm going to have a home birth. Right. Well, and that's kind of what it was. It went so well. I was like, why don't we just stay home this time? You know? Um, so, you know, in between my two daughters, obviously I started working as a doula and as a Lamaze educator and, I also started working as an assistant for a local home birth midwife. So I was attending a lot of home births with her as an assistant and also, um, you know, as a doula with my doula clients. And I remember the first home birth I went to, I was just in awe of just, mm, you know, yep. <laughs> how, how the, I just, I was like shook about it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, just how wonderful the midwives were and just how kind of, caring and nurturing they were and how hands off they were, you know, they just kind of allowed these women to do what they needed to do. And there was no, you know, they just let them take their time. There was no hospital policies or anything to abide by. It was amazing. Um, so after doing that for a few years, I remember thinking to myself, if, if I ever have another baby, I mean, I can't imagine 
going anywhere or having this baby anywhere other than my home. Um, and the one midwife that I work with, um, a lot in particular, I just knew that, you know, she, there was no question that it had to be her, you know, that would be Mm -hmm. there. Um, I just knew that she was the one that I wanted to catch my baby. So when we got pregnant again, uh, you know, I didn't even, I don't even think I, I didn't even interview anyone else. I was just like, Hey, you're hired. Let's go. Let's do this. (laughs) Um, you know, and my husband, you know, my husband wanted to meet quick and just go over everything. But other than that, you know, thankfully he was super supportive and my family for the most part was pretty supportive. And I think my friends think I'm a little weird to begin with. So they weren't surprised. They were like, of course, she's having a home birth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that sounds like a weird thing you would do. Yeah, exactly. They're like, of course, obviously. Um, so then this pregnancy again, really smooth, nothing, nothing exciting happening, just a normal, boring pregnancy. Um, (laughs) you know, I went into labor with her at 40 weeks and six days. So a little sooner than with, uh, number one. And I had a few kind of like, I don't even want to call it prodromal labor because it really wasn't, but a few possibly false starts, a few nights of, you know, a few hours of intermittent cramping where I thought that that might be early labor, but then it fizzled out. Um, so the day that I did go into labor with her, uh, which is a normal day, me and my older daughter went grocery shopping. Uh, I kept, obviously you have no idea when you're going to go into labor. So I kept buying snacks and food for the birth team, but then I kept eating it all because like, it would be like, it would be here. So I was like, Oh, these are good snacks. So I would like eat all the fruit and the vegetables and the granola bars. So I kept having to go to the grocery store every three, few days to restock the snacks. Uh, so that day was no exception. I went to go restock some snacks from the grocery store. Also, um, can I just point out like what a, what a birth worker, like <laughs> thinking about the birth workers and what snacks they're going to need. That is perfect. <laughs> I know. I was like, I, you know, we kind of live in a, a more rural area. There's not a ton of like places to eat around here. And I'm like, what if I have another 24 hour labor, you know, they're going to get hungry, got to make sure there's snacks. So I had like this whole plethora of snacks and drinks and everything set up. So yeah, um, cause there's nothing worse than being hungry at a birth. <laughs> right. Like it's I terrible. just need some snacks and some coffee and we can stay forever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a hundred percent what it is. <laughs> so I got home and I just, I just knew that I didn't feel great. I was just tired and just my hips really hurt. And I remember just my one hip was hurting so bad that I got down into my hands and knees and was like lunging into my hip and doing like big circles. And that felt really good. Um, and then around six o'clock, I just started cramping every, you know, five or six minutes. I'd have like a 40 second long cramp. Um, but we're talking about like light cramping, like maybe a like, maybe a period cramp, like nothing exciting, really just some real intermittent cramping. So I texted my midwife and her team and my birth photographer. And I was like, Hey, heads up could be nothing, but I'm having some, you know, possibly consistent cramping. Um, and then by like six twenty, they were getting a little more intense, but still like nothing to write home about. I called my husband. He wasn't home from work yet. I was like, Hey, I was like, I just have a feeling I'm an early labor. So if you wanted to be home soon, that would probably be ideal. Um, so he got home a few minutes after that. And that's good because I know that the traffic around Atlanta is ridiculous. So yes, glad he could get home fast. 
Yeah, thankfully he was already on his way home. He was actually at the car wash. He's like, oh, I'm at the car wash right now. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Great. Oh, here I am having a baby. Get <laughs> Just home. get your car washed. Right. Like, let's, let's go here. So, you know, then it's like 645 and I was sweeping and I was like, okay, I'm definitely in early labor. And I had all these plans about what I wanted to do for early labor because with my first, one of my biggest regrets was getting to the hospital kind of too early. Um, so I had this whole plan. I was like, I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to eat. I'm going to go take a nap. I was like, I'm probably going to be in early labor all night. And then maybe tomorrow morning things will pick up. Like it was, of course, like I had this whole plan for exactly what it was going to look like. Here I am sleeping my house and uh, cutting up flowers to make floral arrangements for my bathroom. <laughs> like who does that? Me, apparently. The important things. Right. Just the important things. Uh, so then I was like, you know what, I'm going to go get in a nice relaxing Epsom salt bath and start my early labor relaxation. So I went into the bath and I laid down and immediately I have like a garden tub. So I just kind of sunk into that. And immediately the contractions were so much more manageable. And I kind of remember thinking, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have done this. But then I was like, no, you know, it's early labor. It feels good. I'm going to rest. I'm going to relax. Um, I had my headphones on. I was listening to music. And I remember kind of being aware of the fact that I was having like two contractions per song so that they must be coming pretty consistently in my mind. I remember thinking, oh, that's a pretty consistent contraction pattern. But they were still very, very, very manageable. Um, and I probably spent like 20, 25 minutes in the tub. And then someone called my phone and it rang in my headphones and it totally threw off my groove. Um, so I got out of the tub and I was kind of just walking around the house, having these contractions. I called my mom. I was like, Hey, I'm in labor. We kind of talked. And again, this was still feeling very much like early labor to me. And then all of a sudden something significantly changed and my contractions got super intense, super fast. Um, I remember at one point I was walking to the bathroom and I had a contraction where I was kind of in the middle of nowhere. There was no one, nothing to grab onto. And I just kind of dropped down into a squat and I was really vocalizing. And I remember when that happened, I thought, oh, I should probably call my midwife and just mm. give her a heads up that things have kind of picked up. So I got her on the phone and I remember her asking, have you timed any of your contractions? And I remember thinking, why would I do that? I'm in early labor. Like everyone knows you don't time contractions in early labor. I remember being kind of like, no, I'm not timing my contractions. Um, so she talked to me for a few of them and she was like, I think I'm going to come. And I was like, I don't think so. You know, it's still very early labor. She was like, mm, I think I'm going to come. <laughs> And so and after that, she told me, she was like, I, I, I jogged, like it was on a walk. I, I got to my car very quickly after the phone call. She was Oof. like, I got here very fast. Um, good for her for knowing. I mean, she knew, <laughs> she knew. Cause I was trying to talk her out of it. I was like, no, we've probably got so much time. Like, no, 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 no. Um, so then after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get back in the tub. Meanwhile, if you're wondering where my husband is in all this, he's taking care of our toddler. They're out in the kitchen, like eating dinner together while I'm, you know, transitioning basically in the bathroom. Oh, gosh. And, he and he has no idea. He thinks I'm still in extremely early labor. He still thinks we have a day left to go. Uh, he's, he's clueless. So I'm like, I'm going to get back in the bath because that felt really good the first time. And maybe this will let me relax and I can kind of just, you know, lay here until the midwife gets here. 
So I get in the bath again and, um, it did not help really this time. And I remember Mm. being like, are you kidding me? So then I had the grand idea that I was going to check my own cervix. I was like, I can do this. this." I was like, I have read enough books. I was like, I can check my cervix when I'm not pregnant for like fertility purposes. I was like, I know that I can check my cervix. I was like, I'm going to do this. So I like, I like psyched myself up. I took a few breaths and I went to do it. And, um, I got about a knuckle deep and I could feel her head. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was like, well, I was like, I'm about to have a completely unassisted because my husband is off feeding my toddler. I was like, this is about to happen. I'm having a, I'm birthing right now. Um, I was like, great. I was like, this is not what I signed up for. (laughs) Like perfect. Um, so I called my husband in and I was like, Hey, just so you know, um, I can feel her head. And my husband looked like I had just, you know, you know, like I was a ghost. He just stared at me. He had no idea what to do. Um, and I was like, just kind of maybe hang out in here in case I need you. Um, and then I was like, oh, and also, by the way, can you text our birth photographer who I forgot to include in all of this? Oh, man. Um, I know. I know. I was like, uh, so, you know, this is around. And I'm like, can you check and see what time I talked to my midwife last? And he checked my phone. I'm thinking, all right, she's still 15 minutes away. I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be close. We're going to really be cutting this close. So I decided to kind of get on my hands and knees. Um, and then really, I remember thinking, I am never having another child. Never. I was like, if I get pregnant again, I was like, I don't even want, I, I need an epidural before labor even starts. I was like, this mm. is, this is a no for me. Um, and I do not remember it ever being intense like that with my first. Um, I think it was just because of how quickly everything happened. It was just so, 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 so intense. Um, and then kind of the next thing I remember is my midwife doing some counter pressure. So I kind of was like, oh, she's here. I kind of had that realization. Um, and then I had a really intense contraction and I had a bowel movement in the tub. So my midwife was like, all right, well, let's kind of maybe get out of here now. So, so <laughs> she didn't have her like, handy fishnet ready. Yeah. So, uh, we got, we got out and moved to the, the toilet where I sat down and I, for some unknown reason, decided to sit down on the toilet backwards. And she was like, this is great, but I can't catch your baby like this. And neither can you. And I was like, yeah, she was like, this is not a good position to be in. No one can get to you like this. And I remember thinking like just in my head, thinking that like, I must've been wrong about me checking myself. I was like, that couldn't have been her head. Like I'm probably still in early labor. Like I was just so convinced that like, there was no way it could be happening this fast. Um, so then she got real serious. She put on a real serious midwife voice and was like, I need you to turn around right now. Um, yeah. And so I turned and I recognized the voice too. I was like, Oh, that's her serious voice. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I better listen. So I turned around. Um, and then I had another really intense contraction and I kind of just grabbed onto her and she was like, okay. She was like, it looks like your water hasn't broken yet. She was like, are, do you want to have your baby right here or do you want to get up and move to the bed or get on the birth stool or, and I remember thinking, yes, like, I don't want to have my baby on the toilet. Um, and with that, I had another intense contraction and my water broke and I felt, I just felt my daughter shift down under my pubic bone. Like I felt it happen. It was insane. I just felt her head rotate. I felt her entire body shift. 
Um, and I remember yelling for someone to get my husband who was still in the kitchen eating at this point, still had no idea what was happening. Um, so he came running in and the next contraction, my daughter's head was born. And my midwife said, do you want to reach down and catch your baby? And I think I said something to the effect of no, just get her the F out of me. Um, <laughs> my something maternal, very calm and yeah, loving. <laughs> right. My maternal instincts clearly had kicked in at that point. Um, you know, I always see like videos and I've experienced it with clients of just these calm, beautiful women just breathing their babies out. And that is yeah. not me. I'm like it's a dragon. Yeah, yep. like, I'm, like, I'm like a troll when I am in labor. Like I was just like screaming and screeching and like yelling and roaring. And um, it was intense. So That's then the next too. contraction. Yeah, it was. And the next contraction, you know, I'm still sitting on my toilet and my daughter was born and, you know, my midwife handed her right to me. And, um, you know, it was great. It was, it was, you know, it's when I tell people that story, they're like, Oh my gosh, what? But, but I love it. I think it's a great story. And I mean, I really wouldn't change anything about it. I think, um, you know, I always get people that will say, Oh my gosh, a two hour labor. You're so lucky. And I'm like, oh. mm, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's just that thing. Like, you know, there's, there's the really, really long labor that's difficult in some ways, but then those precipitous births, Man, it's just, it's so much for your brain to try to comprehend in such a short, you know, like such a compact amount of time. Right. And I mean, from the time when I knew I was in labor to where things got intense, like all in all, like I was in labor, I think for a total of maybe two hours, but the last maybe hour and 15 minutes were all like active labor transition baby, like all in Mm -hmm. such a short time. And it was just so intense. It was those contractions were nothing like the ones I experienced with my older daughter. Um, you know, I didn't push at all. It was all just fetal ejection reflex this time around. I did nothing. It was just, my body was like, we're having this baby here. It comes. Jeez. Um, so it was really intense. I was quite a far cry from my first birth, which was 24 hours and, you know, two and a half hours of me actively pushing and bearing down. It was just such a different birth experience. And I remember right after my husband saying, well, thank God we decided to stay home because you wouldn't have made it anywhere anyways. Yeah, that's true. And he's right. We either would have had an unassisted home birth or or I would have had the baby in the car probably on the way somewhere. So you could have been YouTube famous. (laughs) I know. In hindsight, maybe I said (laughs) that. I could have done like an Instagram live or something. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hey guys, this is me crowning. (laughs) I know, right? Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is incredible. So what was, what was the like right initial after having baby postpartum? Like, like she, did you just like go get in your bed? Were you able to kind of decompress from everything? Yeah. So I was still sitting on the toilet and I remember feeling like I was bleeding too much. And I remember thinking I'm bleeding very heavily right now. And she kind of looked and agreed. She was like, why don't we get you to the bed so I can just see what's going on. Um, and so we did that. We kind of, you know, baby was obviously still attached to the umbilical cord and the placenta hadn't been delivered or anything. So I, you know, got up and kind of waddled over to the bed and she was kind of assessing still. And, you know, she decided, we kind of decided together that I was bleeding too much. So she did end up giving me a shot of Pitocin, um, initially postpartum and that kind of calmed things down. 
Um, and then, yeah, I just, you know, my second daughter, uh, her name is Quinn. She latched on right away, like, like a three month old or something. I was like, whoa, girl, she just latched. Yeah. She just knew exact big fat baby. She just knew exactly what to do. And she latched on. And so we just kind of sat there and nursed, uh, right around that time was when my birth photographer got there. Very good. I was like, Oh good. You're here. Well, this is perfect. You can (laughs) snap some pictures of this. Great. Um, so yeah, we kind of just relaxed in bed and, um, you know, my placenta was delivered. And then, uh, after the placenta delivered, we cut the cord and she just kind of did that initial newborn exam. And, uh, she made me some eggs and an English muffin and some fruit, which was by far the best meal I've ever eaten in my entire life. Oh, it always is. is. And it's Always. always breakfast. It's always, it doesn't matter what time it is. You're getting eggs for yes. <laughs> after yeah, a baby. Yeah. Some type of breakfast food. Absolutely. It was amazing. Um, you know, they made sure everything looked good and they kind of tucked us in and, you know, all four of us, um, you know, my older daughter was there too. And, you know, they left. And I remember my husband saying, you know, obviously it was cool that you had the baby at home. He was like, but this postpartum is amazing. Like we're here, mm-hmm. we're home we have our own bed, we have our own food, we have our older daughter, our whole family is here, you know, he's like, I'm not sleeping on some, you know, janky pull out, you know, couch in a hospital. And there's no nurses in here, you know, terrorizing you guys every few hours. And, you know, we got a great night's sleep and we were able to, you know, eat a real breakfast in the morning. And it was, you know, that first night postpartum was just so amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm so much different than in the hospital. I love that. Yeah. I, I like that you bring up your husband's perspective because I, I've never even considered that just, you know, but I didn't, I didn't have a hospital birth. So I hadn't thought about how I'm sure my husband would have been super whiny about sleeping on a hospital couch. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's a, that's a good point. I'm going to remind him that he should be very grateful. <laughs> he didn't right? have to do that. <laughs> Like you're welcome, obviously. There we go. Well, I wanted to ask you a question about, okay, so you are, you're a doula, you're a student midwife, you are assistant a Lamaze. Midwife. Assistant midwife. Okay. Yeah. And a Lamaze instructor. So, yeah. okay. Assistant midwife, when did that, when did that start? That was before you got pregnant with your second? Yes. Yes. I had been assisting for, I don't know, probably a year and a half when I got pregnant with my second. Okay, cool. And that. I personally really loved that experience, like assisting at births while being pregnant. What was that like for you? Oh, it was great. Um, so in my first trimester, you know, I was kind of feeling very first trimester-y, um, mm-hmm. you know, just a little bit nauseous and, um, you know, kind of queasy. And thankfully, uh, that entire first trimester, I just got some really great births, just some really quick and nice. And, uh, you know, I think I only had one kind of marathon birth. Um, so that was really, really nice. I actually remember, uh, when I was like six weeks pregnant, I was at a birth with a client and obviously I hadn't really told anyone that I was pregnant yet. And so I went out into the hallway to kind of, uh, eat a, one of those ginger chews because I was feeling kind of queasy and out in the hallway, the midwife was out there kind of like looking not so good. And she's like, I'm sorry. She's like, I'm just, she's like, I'm like seven weeks pregnant. I'm like, Oh gosh. I'm like, we're the dream team. Aren't we out here? Like all queasy and pregnant together while while the mom is in the other room, kind of like going through labor. Um, That was, I'm like, we're out here like throwing up and, you know, eating ginger. Um, 
So, but after that, you know, after I got through that first trimester, I felt really, really good. And, you know, it was like every single birth that I went to made me so excited to, to be in labor again and to have my own baby. Like I was just, I got so pumped up after every single birth that I went to. Um, you know, it was really great. I really loved dueling and assisting while I was pregnant. Oh, I love that. That's so with my first baby, I was, I was an apprentice. Um, and so that was really fun and exciting and kind of made the pregnancy more tangible. But the second time, you know, I really haven't attended many births just because I've, I've, have put that on hiatus and have been focusing on the podcast, but I did get to go to a birth just a few weeks ago and holy cow, it was just like, oh my gosh, there is going to be a baby. Like, you know, that like realization of holy cow, I forgot a baby comes after this pregnancy. Right. It's so amazing. It really is. And okay. I want to hear about your, um, childbirth education. What, what inspired you to do that? And how did you choose Lamaze? Cause I really haven't heard, I know like everybody talks about Lamaze as like, you know, it's an older form of childbirth education. So what drew you to that and what is that like? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I was finding as I started dueling was that a lot of women weren't taking birth classes. They were kind of relying more on like the internet and reading books and stuff, which is great to do your own research. But I think that there's something um, really like tangible that comes with taking a birth class um, and, you know, being face to face with an instructor and, you know, having other expectant parents in that room and kind of getting that information. So, Um, I was hearing a lot from my clients that they couldn't commit to like a six week series or a four week series or like these multiple days. And I was like, I want to teach a birth class and have it be like a one day, like immersive, like one and done kind of birth class. Um, So two of the doulas that I worked a lot with, um, you know, that I knew in the area, they were both Lamaze instructors and they both really loved, um, you know, teaching Lamaze and and kind of doing that. So we ended up having a training come to the area and I was like, that's it. I'm doing it. I'm going for Lamaze. Um, so I took, yeah, I took this training and it was, uh, you know, it was amazing. It was really interactive and, you know, we learned so much about how to have these really fun hands-on classes. Um, so that's what I started offering this kind of one day, um, you know, immersive childbirth class so that parents, you know, didn't have to commit to, you know, a multi-week series. That's a great idea that I am sure that that fits so many parents schedules better than the multi-week. And also for you, just as, uh, you know, a busy mom and doula, that's a, a really great way to be able to offer it. It's like, okay, I've got this day, but I don't have to, you know, every single week at this time, go do this thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Gosh, Stephanie, your stories are so interesting and it has been so fun to hear about your business. I would love for you to tell my audience where they can find out more about you and find you on social media. Yeah. So the super cool thing about my doula business is that I work with a partner. So you kind of get like, yeah, I know it's, it's really sustainable. It's really great. So, um, you know, you kind of get, uh, two doulas, you know, in one package. So, you have access to both of us. We both attend prenatal appointments and then we alternate a call schedule. So whichever doula is on call, um, 
you know, will be the one attending your birth and doing your postpartum follow-up visit. Um, so if you wanted more information about us, uh, our website is www.doulasinatlanta.com. Um, and then my Instagram is just at the Atlanta doula. Uh, and I'm pretty active on Instagram. So I'd love to, you know, interact with people there too. Yeah. Your Instagram is beautiful. And that's really cool that you mentioned that. Um, I actually have, it's coming up on May 13th. I was like looking through my schedule when you mentioned your call schedule with your, uh, partner. So I don't know if you know her, uh, Madeline who runs believe in midwifery. She's in the Atlanta area. Do you know of her? Yes. Okay. Yeah. She was the inspiration behind our partnership, like sustainable birth work. (laughs) Very cool. Okay. So you'll have to listen to our Monday, May 13th episode, because that's when she is being interviewed and she's, she goes into super detail about that. That's perfect. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I had no idea. Yay. Yeah. Okay. So obviously though, I like, I'm talking and I'm like, Oh wait, your episode's going to air later than that. (laughs) But yeah. So, so those of you who are listening to this episode, which I think will actually air in August, you can have a reference back to an episode in May if you didn't catch it. So that's me me talking outside of the timeline right there. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Oh my gosh, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so much fun talking to you and I look forward to just seeing your business grow in the future. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great to be able to talk with you and kind of share my story and, uh, you know, let everyone into that. As always, I am just so blown away by how amazing these guests are and how much I love these interviews. So thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming on the podcast. As we head into our episode roundup, I just have a few quick thoughts. First off, Basically what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode is, isn't it so amazing how transformative birth is and how it doesn't only affect us in one realm, but in all of our realms. And for me, at least, especially with this second birth, it just feels like with the birth, there has just been this rebirth of creation and creativity and so much excitement in all of the things that I want to do and accomplish. And I feel like that definitely happened with Stephanie with her first birth for sure. It changed her her outlook. It changed her passions even. And then the second thing I wanted to mention was how neat it is to think about how different each birth is and can be and how Stephanie went from having a 24-hour birth where she had to push for two and a half hours to having a second birth that was shorter than her pushing phase from her first birth. Like how amazing is that? And how cool is it that just because we give birth one way doesn't necessarily mean it has to be that way the next time, Uh, especially for those of us who have had traumatic births. It doesn't have to be that way next time. And you know, it just, that positivity of things can be different um, is just amazing to me. So I hope you guys loved that episode as much as I did. And thank you, Stephanie, once again for coming on. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you'd consider supporting the show by heading over to patreon.com forward slash happy home birth. You can sign up to, uh, to sponsor the show for $5, $10, $15 per month. And with that, you get access to really cool things like live chats, webinars, Q&As, and 
um, a private Facebook group is the $5 tier. So head on over and do that if you feel so inclined. Either way, I can't wait to see you guys back here next week.